0: Hello, Mountain Park, so good to be with you. My name is Alan, and so sorry that we do not get to gather this day in our seats and worship together and be together, but I at least thought that I would bring you into the room. I want to begin by asking you a question. How are you doing? If you're with somebody right now, whenever you're watching this, just turn to somebody around you and say, how are you doing? You can even use Joey Tribbiani style. How you doing, huh? Go ahead, ask somebody around you. What's gonna be the typical answer if we ask one another that question? Good. How are you doing? Good. If you're walking by someone in the aisle of the grocery store, and if you can understand what they're saying behind their mask, and they're asking you, how are you doing? The typical response is good. I'm, I'm doing good. Now, there is a better question that we might want to ask one another, and that is, how are you feeling? We ask that question, and we might get the oh so improved response Fine. How are you feeling? Fine. So, really, this morning, how are you feeling? Are, are you sad because uh, we do not get to gather here in this space here today? Are you relieved because of the announcement and the decision that we are not going to try? and make that happen? How are you feeling today? Now, fortunately, with the magic of Facebook Live, if you are watching on Facebook Live, we have these these buttons over here from which you can choose and let us know how you are feeling with laser accuracy. So just go ahead and, and push the buttons. Let us know how you're feeling. How are you feeling this morning? Go ahead. It's it's just an, an, an emotion explosion. If you are not on Facebook, but you have access to chat, then go ahead and let us know. Use those, those em, amazing things called emojis and let us know how you are feeling. What face are you going to represent? Go ahead. Just put them up here and let us see how you... Turds are welcome. Okay, go ahead. We just want to see how things are going. Mm, hmm. Hmm. This morning, today, we are going to explore how we feel right now at this season at this juncture beyond the laser accuracy of emojis over the summer we're doing a series called lessons from quarantine whenever we experience change whenever life is shifted We are going to learn something. And all of us right now are stretching and twisting and redefining, in a sense, who we are and what we do with our days. So as a result, we are going to learn something. What are you learning? What is God teaching you through these weeks and months? One of my lessons from quarantine has to do with how we understand and express our feelings. If I had the opportunity to ask you how you truly are feeling today, most of us would give a short, often meaningless response. It's as good as asking what's up or how's it hanging, which are such effective communication starters. Even if we wanted to respond in terms of clarity and of how we are feeling, most of us would struggle because our culture devalues emotions. Charles Darwin, of course, was an atheist evolutionist, and he believed that emotions are bad, that they are part of a lower life form, and that as we evolve, they should be eradicated. So as we, as we, okay, these are gills. This is a, this is a, okay. So as we evolve from whatever being that we had, had, you know, were, that we are supposed to move away from emotions that when we get mad and we respond, we're, we're just like a snarling dog instead of using our cognitive abilities to simply work through the issue and that emotion should be set aside. I can't help but wonder how his relationship with his wife was and how that all worked out and how she responded and handled their conversations, et cetera. keeping in mind that his wife was his first cousin. So there were a number of issues already happening in the Darwin household. There have been numerous movies and novels about a future where emotions are completely removed from the equation. That if we take away the emotions, then we take away the conflict, we take away the anger, and we remove wars, etc. Even in Christianity, there's sometimes a devaluing of feelings and emotions. When i was in college i was involved with campus crusade for christ and they had this brochure called the four spiritual laws that have been widely utilized and incredibly influential it's just walking through what it means to become a follower of jesus and near the end of this little brochure there's the fact faith feeling train that outlines It is the facts that drive the train. It's not feelings. It's not how we feel about ourselves or about God, etc. It's the facts that drive the train. The feelings are just the caboose. They just tag along. So why would we devalue feelings and emotions? Because they cloud our judgment. Think think back to the, the biggest regret of your life. Okay, now what I want you to do is, is, is write it in the comment section. Just write, write basically, what, okay, just kidding. Please don't do it. Please don't do that. But we can look at our at a, the worst decisions we've made in our life. We can look back on those decisions and we can ask, what were we thinking Somebody else uh, could look at, at the decisions that we've made in our, in our lives and they could look at it and say, how did you possibly go down that road? What were you thinking? We can look at somebody else's decisions and it's really easy for, for us to say, well, what's going on? How could you possibly have made that decision? The difference is that when we're making the decisions, our emotions are involved and they sometimes make us fuzzy. It's way easier for me to make wise, healthy, great decisions about your marriage, about your habits, about your future, about your kids, because my emotions aren't involved with all of that, and I and I don't get fuzzy, and I can make the decision without emotions. In fact, parenting is simply an eighteen year fog. We eventually get out of that season, that series, and we and we think what was I thinking? How did I possibly make those decisions? There are a number of reasons that our culture tends to devalue emotions, but that's not how we're made. That's not how our creator designed us. Here's what I've learned or more accurately been reminded of during this quarantine period. Here's my lesson from quarantine. Here, here it is. You ready? You ready? Feelings aren't stupid. Feelings aren't irrelevant and something that should be ignored. How's that for a nugget in church here this morning? (laughs) Romans chapter 12 is my favorite chapter in all of scripture. Even though I'm a thinker, I'm a T on the Myers-Briggs test, et cetera. I am a T. I have a hard time kind of understanding and identifying and with the whole feeling piece. But even though I'm a T, I love Romans chapter 12. There are many emotions and feelings that are, portrayed, demonstrated here in this chapter. I wanna read from uh, chapter 12, beginning in verse nine. And as I'm reading, I invite you to identify any feeling word. If you hear or read a feeling word, feel free to just write it in the chat section there, all right? Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse nine. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. And he continues throughout the chapter, continuing to talk about more emotions. Our emotions, our feelings are not to be eradicated. They don't get in the way of the process. They are part of the process. Feelings are are not simply to be managed. They must be understood. James, the brother of Jesus, he writes, in your anger, do not sin. In other words, it's okay to be angry. We are going to experience the emotion of anger, but what we do with that, that's that's what's important. That's the deal. Our feelings are not to to be tucked away, pushed aside. They are to be understood. So just because you feel a certain way, about a situation or about a person or even about yourself it doesn't mean that it's true it also doesn't mean that it's a, it's irrelevant for you what, what what's important is for us to think where does that feeling come come from what, what is what is so significant about that feeling and just because you can't explain what you're feeling it doesn't mean that it's irrelevant i can't tell you or anyone else that you should not feel a certain way my job is simply to understand what you're feeling and what is behind the feeling because feelings aren't stupid. I know this, you know this, I have known this for years and I've been working on it for years. In fact, I have taught classes on the importance of feelings and identifying them, etc. and yet it continues to be a struggle for me. So here's what we have done as a family. We've uh, laminated this sheet that is entitled Feelings Aren't Stupid. What it is, is it's a list of 270 different feelings broken down into six uh, major categories. Mad, sad, glad, afraid, ashamed, and confused. And under each of those categories, there is a list of a number of different feeling words from the bottom, the lower version of those words. And, the, and on the top is the more severe, stronger version of those words. This is so helpful for me because as I'm trying to identify feelings, I tend to just land on the word frustrated. How are you feeling? I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated that we don't get to gather here in the auditorium and worship together. I'm frustrated that I'm almost finished with my ice cream and I don't think it's appropriate for me to have more. How are you feeling, Alan? I'm frustrated that the NHL playoffs have not kicked back in yet, and I'm not sure what to do about that. When we introduced this to the kids, they said, is this a counseling session? I said, no, 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 no. This, this is going to help your psychological well-being and improve your relationships for the rest of your life, which is always such a draw in conversations with teenagers. So when we introduced this to the kids at dinner time, we simply went around the table and asked them to identify a feeling word in terms of how they are feeling. So, so they would one at a time say things like, I feel annoyed that we have to do this or whatever, we just kind of walked this, this around and got started with trying to identify our feelings. About a week after we introduced this, I, I came home from work and it was a particularly difficult and frustrating day. And I came home, sat down, and my son came up to me and asked me how I was doing. And I had a hard time describing and explaining to him. And he went over to the kitchen table and he came up and he gave me the chart. He said, Dad, t- take a look at it, take a look at it. It's great. I know it's cheesy. I mean it is it is you might you could just put it in between hamburger buns. I mean it, it is that cheesy. I completely get it, but it is so helpful. We can't understand our feelings unless we at least first identify them. And then people who love us, people who care about us, can then easily respond by saying, T- tell me why you feel tarnished. I don't even know what that means. But, but they can simply respond. Once we identify a feeling, we can say, why did you pick that word? Tell me why you feel that way. This we, We've laminated this. We are using this as a family. If you would like to do that, we've made this available on our website, and, and there's a link over there And, and if, if you're on Facebook Live, so you can access this if you'd like. You can print it off, take a look at it, do whatever you want uh, with it. Maybe, maybe it can help uh, you. But remember, remember the point. Feelings aren't stupid and some of us are thinkers, and some of us are feelers. Whatever we bring to that table, whatever we bring to the conversation, because we have all this time together in our homes and we're interacting in ways that we don't typically interact. When we do that, can we identify the feelings that are going on? It will significantly help us connect with one another. This is my lesson from quarantine. I'd love to pray with you on this. Father, I thank you once again that we get to continue to do church. That you are still alive, you are still King, and you are part of our lives. Father, I pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us. Father, I pray for um, uh, any tension that's happening in homes right now, uh, where where we are, are confined and we are interacting with with one another and you know, on different ways and different levels. God. May, may we, we could make fun of this list if we want to, but may it be a pathway for us to connect with one another, to be honest about how we're feeling and what's going on. Because, because the feelings that you have gifted us with, they are not irrelevant. They are not stupid, God. We want to identify them so that we can connect deeply with one another. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. What is your lesson from quarantine? This is a a season like no other. And so what is God teaching you at this season of your life? This is mine, and we're going to continue to explore more in the upcoming weeks. But I, I do invite you to just ask yourself, God, what do you want to teach me during this unique time? I am so thankful that you joined us here uh, today, this morning. Whenever you are watching this, God bless you. Have a fantastic week, and we will see you next time.
1: Taste is on.